the AgView pitch is created by AgView Solutions to provide value to its clients and farmers like you. We'd like to welcome our new listeners today and encourage you to check out our other podcast on the AgView pitch, which can be found on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and Podbean. You can also find us on Facebook at AgView Solutions and online at agviewsolutions.com. Enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to the AgView Pitch. This is Shay Folk, and joined again today with special guest Mark Cartwright. And Mark, if you could just take a minute here to reintroduce yourself, that'd be great. Yes. Good afternoon, Shay. Nice to hear from you again. Uh, I work with the Pioneer Hybrid team. We're up. I'm up here in northeast North Dakota, northwestern Minnesota area, and uh, working with large large farm accounts in this region trying to position the Pioneer products, working with the sales team to best suit their farms and their needs for the upcoming season. Great. Thanks for doing that reintroduction again. And I thought we'd touch base here again today and talk about how this uh, 2019 harvest season has really gotten much easier in your area. I was wondering if you could give us an update on, on how harvest is looking there. Yeah, we spent the whole month of November basically getting through the soybean crop and and through the sugar beet crop in the area, dry edible beans. Uh, we've had some delays here in December with some early snows, and now we're finally getting an opportunity to, to continue hammering away at the corn. So I'd say today we're about 50, 55% completed with harvest on the corn, and probably somewhere around 70, 75% completed with harvest on the sunflowers. So we still got those two crops out in the field. Uh, we got about two-thirds of our sugar beets done and unfortunately we had to leave about a third of them out there so uh just the way the year shake out with all the moisture and everything and guys are still still plugging away at it so mark with all the sugar beets that didn't get harvested there i guess the question that i have you know if you don't have a third of that crop coming in how does that affect markets there locally you know what what's the impact there can you speak to that well yeah, there's a lot of sugar on the market so uh, I don't think our little market is going to impact sugar prices too drastically bad, you know, when you look at it worldwide. Uh, just locally here, our, our local sugar cooperative, American Crystal Sugar, uh, they've got some fixed costs to meet for the year. They're a farmer-owned company, so uh, they're actually, you know, not going to be able to pay as much per ton of harvested sugar beets, and then they're actually assessing a, a penalty for every un, unharvested acre out there as well. Uh, so the, uh, the sugar beet farmers are, uh, are investing into their local cooperative and, you know, they've got to, they're not going to be making any money off the sugar this year, which is going to be kind of a, a hit financially to the area, but we'll bounce back and, uh, the sugar growers have made a lot of money over the years and hopefully they can continue to, to prosper in that endeavor. Yeah, absolutely. Glad to hear that. So, with the amount of corn, too, that we were discussing earlier, you know, 50% unharvested, we're looking at a couple million acres of corn there, right? Yeah, a couple weeks ago, uh, USDA had North Dakota pegged at about 43% harvested, and that would have left the number of about 2 million acres unharvested. Now, we've done a little bit more now, but, you know, I would still figure, uh, you know, 1.75 million acres are still out there, you know. So it's uh, we've had some good weather this week. Uh, combines are going this week again uh, for operations that feel like they've got storage capacity to handle that and drying capacity to handle that. And uh, 
and are, are moving forward with their corn harvest. Other operations uh, maybe have some logistical issues that they're working through. Uh, the test weight in the corn is still on the light side. You know, a lot of, say, 49 to 51 pound corn, even after it, it runs through the dryer. So we have some limitation just on the quality of grain that's out there too. But, but there's a lot of bushels. The bushels are above average. And uh, there, there's money out there to be grabbed. And, and guys are working hard to find different outlets uh, and receivable points for that grain. What, it, what, what are some of those outlets? What are the decisions being made there? Yeah, the, uh, you know, basically the, the ethanol facilities is probably the number one. Uh, we've got a, you know, we've got a few in the region. I wouldn't say they're real close, but they, they are manageable. If you've got, if you're closer to an ethanol facility, you've got some outlets there. Uh, we've got some feeders uh, up in Canada that are looking at uh, buying a lot of our corn as well. So, uh, you know, cow-calf operations or feedlot operations, you know, mainly the feeders are going to be going through more more corn than average. So hog operations, there's some hog hog operations up in southern Manitoba that are they're looking for corn as well. So there's a there's a few outlets uh, that guys are exploring, and it's it's creating us some opportunities out there as well. What kind of hits are producers taking with that lower test weight? Well, the discounts are variable. Uh, just depends on if you're getting it dried uh, at your own facility or if you're asking the elevator to, to dry that as well. And, uh, you know, yeah, there, you know, you hear of reports of anywhere f- from 50 to a dollar, dollar 25 discounts that, uh, that guys are taking. And, and again, most of that is, is moisture as well as test weight discounts at okay. the local elevator terminals. And moisture, you know, we haven't really hit on that as a big issue when we talked last time, and it sounds like it's still affecting operations there. Yeah, you know, we just, this time of year, you're not going to get any conditions to, to dry the corn down naturally in the field very much. We are losing some moisture uh, just from just from the extreme cold uh, and stuff. We, we are losing a tad, like I said. But uh, I'd still say most of the corn is in that 20 to 25 percent range. You know, a month ago we were maybe 23 to 27, 28. But there's there's still some corn out there where guys pushed maturity or had a little bit later planting date, where we're in the upper 20s, even low 30s for moisture content on the grain. So, you know, wow. it's that stuff that's closer to to say low 20s that guys are going after and trying to get accomplished, and the stuff that's really really wet is uh is gonna have to stand in the field probably till guys are saying march hopefully we get an opportunity in march uh, maybe early april before some of this corn gets off the field and of course that starts to impact 2020 planting uh when we start talking those timelines you know yeah and we were talking a little bit offline here too that everybody has a bit of a different strategy with that and i mean operation to operation that's got to be completely different but uh pretty amazing some of the adversity that these producers are having to overcome and you know the farmers the eternal optimist so be putting the crop back in the ground next year oh yeah these guys they're we're making plans for next year already you know assuming that mother nature will give us a good opportunity obviously a little bit of trepidation out there just with the high soil moisture profiles and such and uh, just obviously the weather's got to play a factor in it too as we shake shake the spring out here 
Uh, if we can get some good cooperation with the weather, you know, a lot of these acres will still get planted. Uh, we just got to see how it shakes out. But you're exactly right. Everybody's got a little bit of a different outlook on this corn. Uh, guys that have some some good marketing outlets and are, have some corn in that lower 20% moisture range, they feel like they can handle that in these temperatures. We're getting this week and next week we're supposed to be uh, you know, in the te upper teens, into the 20s, maybe even low 30s for some temperatures. So it should be good conditions to uh, to continue with some harvesting. Uh, yeah. The other crop out there with is some sunflowers, you know, and I'd say the sunflowers are probably getting about three-fourths uh, of the way harvested across the region here. So guys have a little bit of sunflowers to continue harvesting as well as the corn. Well, and to give people a little bit perspective, you and I were talking offline here before the call, and I actually saw, I think, on Twitter today that there was a operation they were running the sunflowers from their uh, semi-trailer looked like through a double conveyor system to where they were actually working to separate the ice from the sunflowers so i think a little bit of innovation through necessity but they were talking taking five to six points off of uh off of drying there yeah well that's that's impressive so yeah like you said like you said there's lots of ideas out there a lot of innovation guys are thinking and, and working hard to salvage what they have for a crop out there or just our thoughts are as, as we go into the deep winter months if we get much more snow we've already got about a foot of snow on the ground here in grand forks north dakota uh and it varies across the region a little bit more in places a little bit less in places uh but as we we go through this we know that corn's going to maybe probably have standability concerns as we get into the spring months so if we can continue to pull some acres off here and there over the next few weeks uh we should be going good the main thing is guys are looking at is field accesses as, as we snow more. Can we get to those fields that are well off the primary roads? Uh, those got some priority. Fields with hybrids that aren't standing as well, they have some priority as well. Uh, and fields that have uh, some manageable moisture contents or, or priority. So guys are working hard, putting a plan together and uh, doing everything they can to execute on that plan. Yeah. Glad to hear that. Any last thoughts that you'd like to leave either with the producers up in your area or those listening from around the country that maybe just has a little bit of a different perspective than what they're used to? Yeah, I just say uh, continue to put your boots on every day and go to work. And we're all praying for the crop to come in as, as best as it can. Uh, take some time with these holiday seasons and spend some time with uh, some well-deserved time with friends and family and gain even some deeper perspective on the things and uh like i said our hearts and prayers with everybody to be safe i know it gets cold out there this time of year and you can lose your little focus at times and uh those are the opportunities that usually come up and bite us if something uh if something unfavorable is going to happen out there so pay attention keep your heads cool and uh just know that everybody's thinking hard about the farmers that we have out in this region and know that they still have a lot of work to do in, in some in many absolutely instances. absolutely well our prayers are with you guys up there mark i appreciate you taking time to talk with us here today and uh we'll check back in on you hopefully hopefully harvest isn't going too long up there but uh, the reality is we might be talking with you in spring again to see how harvest the 19 wrapped up yeah, that'd be great. I think uh, if we can get together again in February, get another update to everybody, that'd be awesome. And uh, we'll see what February brings and 
uh, we might have to do it one more time before it's all said and done. <laughs> well, appreciate you sticking with us here, Mark. Take care. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to you all up there. All right. Merry Christmas to you and your family too, Shay. Appreciate your time. Thanks again for listening, everyone. If you would like to hear more content from AgView Solutions, listen to our other podcasts such as Dad's Wisdom or our current Harvest series. AgView Solutions works as an integral part of operations like yours, side-by-side for farm profit management, business collaboration and structuring, facilitating industry-leading peer groups, and coaching and consulting tailored to your farm's unique needs. We know that no two farms are the same, and we are here to help make your farm be the best it can be. You can learn more at agviewsolutions.com, email us at agviewpitch at gmail.com, or call Chris Barron at 319-533-5703. We really look forward to talking with you.